Welcome to the Podcast Battle of Columns. For your safety and comfort, volume control has been used to protect you from erratic loud noises. Please do not unselect your choice of this podcast. Alright, next! Subscription! Any news of the Rewinders podcast? Not since Encino Man, sir. I just listened to their reboot, Captain. So, how long has it been since your last podcast? Two weeks. Have you brought any fruits or vegetables to eat during the episode? Two weeks. Excuse me? Two weeks. Two weeks. The Rewinders. It's the Rewinders! Catch. We hope you enjoy the ride! <laughs> oh god, it's a Johnny Cab! I'm Joe. I'm Ken. I'm Andrew. And I'm Dan. We are the Rewinders Podcast, rewinding and rebooting movies to see if they hold up. This time, we are digging into Total Recall. Total Recall. Yeah. Anyone have anything from when they watched Total Recall when they were younger that they'd like to talk about? There used to be a video rental store in our uh, hometown pharmacy. My dad, I remember him specifically renting this, bringing it home, being excited because seeing this on the screen and seeing just the Mars atmosphere spots where, you know, their face shields smash and their faces bulge and eye stocks. Ronnie Cox eye stocks bothered the living crap out of me as a child. But uh, yeah, yeah. Just uh, th- that was a horrifying memory as my for my childhood and it is something that stuck with me for quite some time to come. When I finally started watching movies, I decided I should go on a uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger kick. I decided to start with this one because I'd heard some good stuff about it. I watched it. I absolutely hated it. It was so not interesting to me. It was uh, just too goofy and I don't know. And then like the visuals for it seemed very early 90s, whatever. And it was kind of took me out of it. But going back as an adult, it's actually grew on me. And it's actually one of my favorite movies. Definitely my favorite Arnold movie. I remember enjoying it more when I was younger, opposite to Ken. The more I watch it, the more I don't like it. Every Arnold movie has a place in my heart because my dad bring them home religiously. So I saw almost all of them. And this is just one of the many that sit very high. We've all have agreements and disagreements with this movie. So I want to reiterate to everyone, this is a safe place podcast for us. (laughs) We can have disagreements here. Joe, I disagree. We need to agree on everything. (laughs) Ken... Fuck you. Oh. Whoa, it has begun. That's just, fair. Just because I disagree with some of you guys doesn't mean that I hate you. Really? It just uh, it makes, really? 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 makes yeah. for good okay. drama and broadcasting. Oh. <laughs> My God. <laughs> trailer. The trailer we passed around uh, was a one that, I don't remember this trailer from when it came out, but it has an Arnold head that rolls. And they had to. watching you. His eyes <laughs> consistently stay on the screen. And they make it extra creepy because they use VFX to, like, brighten his eyes halfway through. And it's like, ugh. And then they bunch of clips from the movies. Like, all the important clips. You want all the plot? Yeah. It's this trailer. <laughs> it's if, you, trailer. if you just but, want to watch but, the movie, it's, four it's minutes. It's so disjointed. Yeah, it's, it's a puzzle without a fully completed <laughs> image. You get all the pieces right up front. You get all the pieces <laughs> with no edges. 
Good luck. A lot of uh, gunfire. A lot of gunfire. A lot of gun... Well, the movie does kind of have a lot of gunfire. No, but it, it was definitely an 80s trailer. It just a, felt like every other shot was an Uzi in a hand. Just bang. <laughs> 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 These people really like SMGs. Yeah, they were big in the 80s. Especially in Arnold movies where they were highly accurate all the time. Only when wielded by him. Oh, yes. True. Yes. When they go from the two weeks and they all watch him become Arnold from the lady costume, they just stand around and watch him do that. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, maybe we should maybe shoot we should at him. There's an order to kill this guy. <laughs> yeah. This is too This is too, too weird to watch. That when they start shooting at him at pretty much point blank range, they miss. Yeah. All the bullets. Yep. Good old yep. Stormtrooper syndrome. So yeah. does this trailer mislead or does it lead at all I just, I it's just a confusing mess it doesn't really say per se what the movie is really 100% about but I mean it's uh, all there I felt like they gave away the person I felt like they gave away <laughs> the entirety of the movie and if you want to watch the movie just watch the trailer for four minutes and you'll be good or watch the entire movie for just a wonderful time Your definition of wonderful is lacking <laughs> would bad. this trailer if you saw it without seeing the movie first would this intrigue you to watch the movie <laughs> absolutely not it's such a long trailer. This particular one, I, I swear it was like four minutes long. I would see the trailer and feel like I watched the entire movie, and so I'd be like, all right, let's see what else is on right now. Kind of shocked watching it, because I, I couldn't believe it, because I couldn't believe it was a trailer from the 80s, considering how bad movie trailers are nowadays. I mean, you look at stuff like Terminator Genesis, which gave away the major, major plot point, the major twist at the end, in the freaking trailer, which ruined the entire movie for people going to see it. Just having something like that from the 80s just feels completely uncomfortable, the fact that it actually exists. <laughs> I had never seen that trailer before so seeing it for the first time I was just like holy shit it, it, they, it, it never did just like come out of nowhere that they started putting everything in the trailers it actually came from somewhere it's kind of cool seeing that DNA strand yeah mm-hmm. they the definitely gave away a lot of stuff two minutes and 41 seconds God, that's so long <laughs> it mean, is so long I mean you get that for a Star Wars trailer because they want to make sure you know but I, I mean you don't get that for everything nowadays. they even give away the part where he's climbing up the rope at the end and puts his hand on yes. the thing to like yes. oh great he's gonna do a thing you was, don't necessarily know why he's doing that so however once you get to the end of the movie, you're like, oh, I know what's going to happen now. Yeah, yeah, no no shit. I was so pissed about that. The literal last part of the trailer is him putting his hand in the damn alien handprint. It's like, seriously? Maybe they're just hoping you'll forget by the time you get to actually watch the movie. I guess. <laughs> I'm guessing. Just hit him with two minutes plus of just crazy nonstop imagery. Make people go, holy shit, I need to see this. And then by the time they get to the theaters all jacked up about the trailer, they forget everything they saw. Well, it's interesting because they're like, oh, let's be cerebral. Oh, don't worry that it's Arnold there. It's really thought-provoking and interesting. Blah, 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 Yeah. Good. Thought-provoking, interesting, goodbye. Blah, 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 Yeah, yeah, which is interesting because I did take a look back at some of the reviews for this movie, and it is generally pretty well lauded as being a cerebral film. I mean, even Roger Ebert, I think, gave it like a three and a half out of four. I can't remember his exact quotes about it, but there's so many reviews talking about just how good it was, how it makes you think, all that good stuff. Like, there was a lot of love for this movie. So it's interesting to have different takes on it now because it does seem like everybody when it came out was pretty impressed by it. I'd have to agree. I think when it came out, everyone was pretty on board with this one. I'm still impressed. They still have me to this day. Is he a spy or is this all in his head all <laughs> right everybody put on your suits suit oh, time okay put that tie on who's gonna be giving the elevator pitch for total recall i can go ken's doing the elevator pitch andy dan and i will be the executives and we will issue our verdict upon your pitch all right 
So you got a guy. Let's uh, let's say we got Arnold Schwarzenegger. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. This is going to be expensive. He's big right now. <laughs> He's big He's all big the time. All the time. <laughs> He's a big fella. <laughs> He is married and unhappy with his life for some reason. He goes because he's married. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> <We> all... <laughs> I getting... don't understand. <laughs> Fucking interns. So he goes to a mo- memory modification place to get his memory uh, memory implanted of the dream Mars vacation that he wants. And at the last minute, he selects that he wants to be a spy. And that's where the movie really fucks with you in his memory. For about two weeks, he is legitimately a spy, fucking with his how his actual life, incorporating that into the movie, so that way uh, you don't know whether or not he's a spy or this is memory. And he goes through a series of events to try to save and free Mars. Hmm. 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 Huh. Fell off the end. Maybe hmm. I should have written something down. Hmm. No. <laughs> well, at least we have Arnold Schwarzenegger, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just put some guns in his hands. We should be good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Better than the trailer. Yeah. We, we know a little bit more. Maybe a little bit too much. You're welcome. It's an elevator pitch. Of this whole movie, though, what are uh, a few handfuls of your favorite moments? Dan, you'll have to wait for your okay. your special side. We're going to start with favorites. I had one. Okay. Let's start with Dan, since Dan's the hater. I had today. I had a scene that made me chuckle when Schwarzenegger is basically talking to a recording of himself, and the recording says... You are not you. You are me. The Quaid Acting. Schwarzenegger is just like, no shit. And I'm like, ha! <laughs> <laughs> ha! That's, okay. That's probably the high point of the movie for me. I had a hearty belly laugh, and I had to rewind it twice just to watch it, because I, I loved it that much, where he gets out of the Johnny Cab and goes into that building before that scene, and the Johnny Cab just decides to randomly drive forward and explode into a wall. I, I could not stop fucking laughing. That was <laughs> attempted murder right there. It was random yeah. as hell. It just wakes up, drives forward, boom. No reasoning whatsoever. It just does that. I, I think at that point, <laughs> after he had uh, ripped Johnny Cab from the taxi cab, that it was supposed to be malfunctioning. Unfortunately, as we're all tech people, we understand that that's not how malfunctions work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Things don't tend to kill you or try to kill you after they malfunction. It goes in this uh, self-protection mode, except for self-protection means... You die now. Yeah. And gets an evil laugh. Johnny Cab was <laughs> dumb on every level, pretty much. <laughs> I do have to say that they improved upon Johnny Cab because Johnny Cab has a normal voice, like a normal guy, and it's not interesting. But then they cartooned it up with his wacky voice, and I feel that clown. made it more entertaining. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, who programmed this thing? Because it's like sarcastic as all hell, and it has a witty comeback for everything. That's pretty good stuff right I, there. I just want to get downtown. Okay, where are we going? <laughs> downtown. I think the one thing that I enjoy the most about Total Recall is the physical effects, the bulging eye effect, which Andy you talked about. Oh my God, Ronnie Cox's <sighs> eye stalks will Creepy. always be burned into my mind. There's there was nothing creepier about this movie than that the yep. eyes bulging out and then even arnold had his tongue curl oh, out at yeah. one point oh yeah that curled, entire that was all very swollen. unsettling when i was a wee lad in 1990 i watched that going would that really happen would, would that really happen <laughs> is that is that what happens is in that, vacuum of space is um, that real and then thanks to other movies uh they they showed us no that would not really happen oh thank goodness i love how much things have changed in decades going back. <laughs> 
It's like you can really see the crazy peak is where Hollywood went wild and had no fucking clue how space works to now. It's great. It's great. Well, they decided to talk to professionals. They decided to spend more money on movies. Yeah, yeah. Rather than just hiring big names, they also hired science people to help out. They don't always listen to science people because it doesn't make good movies, but... Hey, hey, we we know what happens when you put things in a vacuum, so let's put an entire human body in a vacuum. Yeah, it loses pressure and then it starts to expand. It's fine. And its eyes bulge. Yeah, and that's what happens when you lose pressure. So good. Inhuman sounds. So, uh, yeah, I don't I don't really have many notes for this movie or just really anything. Okay. I have some things I wrote down for bad parts, but honestly, I'm a giant Paul Verhoeven nut. Mm-hmm. And I love all of his movies except for Showgirls, which I have not seen. But this I would definitely put at probably like number two or number three of my favorite of his. So when I watch it, I'm like a sponge. I just soak it in. I get lost in it because there's so much going on. There's so much detail, there's so much just in the characters, everything else happening on every other scene, so... I don't know, it was hard for me to take notes because I just get lost in the movies when I watch his, so... Sure. Yeah, I've got some I've got some nitpicky parts, but I don't know, there's, there's a lot of good for me, and I would just be basically saying the entire movie if it was up to me. You want a nitpick? What were all those uh, planets in the sky when he gets to Mars? You're looking up and like, huh... There's like yeah. three or four different planets. I swear, uh, Earth looked like it was right next door. If you want to nitpick, they didn't a, a have any maybe. actual scientists. Credited. You can nitpick so much with this movie, but it does look so really pretty, and I love it. What I really do like about this movie is how it sets up everything. Everything that is brought up is a setup to something. When he's ready to go under, they have the one guy looking at what they're gonna implant in his memory. He's like, "Oh, a blue sky on Mars. That's weird." And then later, at the end of the movie, there's a blue sky on Mars. Yeah. And then totally. uh, you got the mice showing up, and there's the candy bar. And then at the end of that scene where he's talking to himself, he uses the candy bar, throws it to the mice to take care of the tracker he picks up the wristwatch which is used at the end of the movie they're always talking about quado even before he exists there are so many uh references to pyramids even before he gets to mars so when he gets to mars and you see the pyramid you're like oh that's cool and then they're like hey that's a thing and it ends up being where they're going at the end of the movie they set up everything in this movie and it's really mm-hmm. fun on re-watching looking for those little things to yeah. see what's being set up and be like oh that's gonna happen then yeah the sales guy at Recall, he lists off all the things you get in the package. Private cabin on the way to Mars, which we don't get to see, but whatever, fine. Yeah. Room at the Hilton. Yep. yep. Mount Pyramid. Yep. yep. The Grand Canals, which they don't say specifically, but all the exterior shots are of that area of Mars. And Venusville, of course, he goes there a few times. So he gets everything that's in the package. That's pretty intense, which helps you uh, build up a case that it's all in his brain. However, if you don't pay attention to those little things, you just feel more like he's a spy, at least in my opinion. Where they shot most of this movie being in Mexico City, that severely affects the visual effects as well, because they're kind of shoehorning the future into Mexico City. And it kind of works with some of their futuristic kind of buildings that they have, the exterior shots. But then other things... I wondered Just about. Do, like the subway. That's not very futuristic for no. a subway. No, it's not. <laughs> the parking ramp that they film in. Is that a soundstage that they're on? Or did they record this in an actual location? Because I couldn't tell. That scene where he meets his work buddy work and they attack him. Yeah. 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 No, I, I caught I caught the point when he flips him around and shoves him against the wall, the wall moves. Yeah. That so I, I saw that's, that. That's so that's got to be a, a that's got to be on a soundstage. 
but him walking up and down those flights of stairs, I couldn't tell. I'm assuming that's probably the subway in Mexico City. If you know... Let us know. Speaking of slamming against the wall, I love how every time they're, spo- they're supposed to break through a wall in this movie, it's basically just made out of paper. Oh my god, I was going to get to that <laughs> later, but I love that scene where it's like the last ditch effort to try to get him like to realize he's not really on Mars, and he kills him point blank, and just they come fucking this piling through the wall like it's paper mache. I yes. love that. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I don't know if I can call that my favorite scene, but <laughs> when you ask me what I remember the most about Total Recall, it's that scene. The scene where he's sweating and he's like, oh, you're sweating and shoots him. That's mm-hmm. the scene that I think of when it comes to this movie. Not him being strapped into the thing and the lights and stuff. Like when you go back and watch it, you're like, oh, this is so cool. I remember this now and all that. But the scene I remember is that crucial scene where he decides whether or not he's a spy or whether or not he's in a simulation. Yeah, that is definitely the moment that is one of the coolest parts of this film for me. Just a random side note, I'm not sure if it's a Verhoeven thing, but Robocop, you got Robocop bursting through walls. You've Mm -hmm. got random guards bursting through walls in Total Recall as well, too. I think it's just a thing for things bursting through walls. I have no problem with that. There needs to be more of this. I would absolutely love it if there was an action film and there was, like, maybe one to two explosions at most, but, like, every other scene was just shit breaking through walls coming out of things. That guy was Dr. Edgernar. Doesn't matter what the hell his name is. That dude is creepy. Yes. Yes. Why would a business have this person be all over their ad? Why would they then use this to try and convince you to come out of your psychotic episode? This guy, would you would want to get kill rid of him? this person as fast as possible. Maybe not kill them, but maybe tie <laughs> him up and put him in like a bathtub full of ice and... Steal his kidneys? Well, you can let someone else do that, okay. but you can get away. But th- that guy, I mean, yeah. hands down. Wow! That guy is creepy, and the way he delivers his lines in that scene. Yeah, he's creepy. Yeah, creepy as fuck and absolutely ineffective in every single way for what he's supposed to be doing. I just... Before the wall blows up, Laurie being like, No, you've done it! Like, everything flips. Yeah. Instantly. It is a very good, pivotal scene because it's not overstated. But then when shit hits the fan, shit hits the fan. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of plays into my favorite whole overarching theme of this movie. I don't know which side of the fence I really land on, but I've read a lot of this online as well too, and it is definitely, probably, hands down, my favorite part of the movie. Michael Ironside. You could really argue whether or not Arnold or Michael Ironside is really the true villain in this movie, because Michael (laughs) Ironside is just a a guy who's having a really fucking bad day. Mm -hmm. He's basically been kind of forced by this overarching kingpin of Copenhagen to force him to basically let his wife sleep with this hunky Austrian dude and god knows what this nice fucking apartment and everything while he just kind of nervously tracks and makes sure his memories don't wake up and he doesn't realize who he really is so basically he probably was second rung because Arnold Schwarzenegger was you know Ronnie Cox second hand man so he's sleeping with his wife which is already fucked up in a relationship, essentially a fake one, with his wife, which is already fucked up. Dude's got to be on edge. So mm-hmm. the, the more handsome, more successful version of himself is having a better life than himself. And he's basically there to force making sure that it's actually staying that way, I guess. 
So the fact that all this is happening through this movie, every single scene with him in it is just incredible for me. I love it when he comes in the first time he kisses Laurie and you realize, oh, they're a thing. And then I love his you know, primal roar at the subway station when the subway is getting away because he just couldn't fucking catch Arnold and it's just fucking just annoying and aggravating to him. And then that scene where the wall explodes and all shit hits the fan. I mean, when he comes in and sees her dead, that's when you see him literally just snap. It, for me, I just, I, I keep going back and forth on who really is the villain in the movie. Yeah, Arnold with his memory wiped is a bumbling child figuring things out. So he's not really the bad guy at that point, but before he got his memory wiped, like, who truly was worse? Michael Ironside having a bad day, it's, it's a really interesting movie for me in that aspect. Well, that'd be an interesting remake of the movie. It's, it's all from his... Everything from Michael yeah, side, side of You things. don't see anything that you really see in the movie. You just see all the stuff that he's, like, sitting around, like, waiting, getting fried Watching chicken and stuff, yeah, and then getting a phone call and being like... <laughs> exactly, exactly. All this is for Arnold. Not for him at all, so it's an interesting take. There we go. That's our reboot. And you are seeing <laughs> all of these things. Are all these things actually part of the simulation that's going on? If it's a simulation, would they program in all this backstory that's going on elsewhere? Would they program like, in Fujifilm? You're, you're watching... <laughs> in the future? Would they program in Heinz Ketchup? Oh, you're watching in you're, the of you're watching the other bits of the story where Arnold's not inv- invited. Like he's not even in the scene, and you're watching this stuff. You're like, where does this fit into actually having Arnold be there? Yeah, that's a great take, actually, because you don't think about that. Like all the scenes where they're just kind of sitting in the car doing reconnaissance and things like that, just basically waiting for something to happen. And would he be even thinking of that? Why are we being shown that if it's not part of Arnold's story? If it was centrally just about Arnold and whether or not he is actually crazy or a spy, I mean. It would really just be following him 24-7, wouldn't it? Yeah. You wouldn't be getting these shots and background full minutes of character exposition if it had nothing to do with that. And then you get into, maybe he's really a spy. Because this stuff is happening. We're seeing it. Yeah. It's so well done. But I'm so sorry to detract so far off the rails from your uh, no. observations on, on, on just the, the set design and everything else. I loved it. it it's got that theme. It's, it had three three solid years before Jurassic Park took the lid off of movies forever. And before Jurassic Park lifted the line, clever girl. Yes, I had that written down. I, I, didn't, I didn't know if I was sad or happy. Because <laughs> I was happy hearing the line, especially delivered by Arnold, which made me so ecstatic. <laughs> But at the same point, it just made me crush knowing that it didn't come specifically from Jurassic Park. It beat it by three years. <laughs> I don't. You can see it however you want to. I did enjoy the fact that product placement kind of kept reality in the future. So Venusville had a Jack in the Box. Yeah. Arnold's apartment had Heinz ketchup, and there's a line in the movie that says, "I'm gonna blow this place up and be home in time for cornflakes." Did you notice that all those Mars uh, news clips that they're showing was on ESPN? I remember. Yeah, yeah ESPN yeah. was up on the TV. Yeah. Doing news that isn't sports. <laughs> and it was four by three television. Oh yeah! Oh, all the old all, CRT bubble yep. monitors. Mm-hmm, Good lord! Mm-hmm. The refresh <laughs> rates the are so bad in the <laughs> future. Oh my god! Especially on the train, I was, I was, I was just thinking, holy shit, that's got to piss people off. Like you can't find a good seat because there's all these giant CRTs on both sides. <laughs> and this is one of my favorite things about going back to old 
futuristic movies. You go back and watch and be like, this is what you think the future is going to be. You're going to be able to implant lots into people's brains. You're going to be able to do all these crazy things and you're still going to have shitty monitors. We're going to have these weird implant guns that 17 shots. She took 17 shots with that gun. Still full. It's so wasteful. Mm -hmm. So many sci-fi movies don't incorporate branding because it is kind of a tricky thing. You have Blade Runner and you have Atari and a bunch of things and there's actually kind of a rumor going around that the people who did lend their trademarks to Blade Runner all went out of business or all went for bankruptcy, (laughs) things like that. So you have all these companies that for me, it just keeps me grounded in that because Mm -hmm. yes, you want something flashy, you want something sci-fi, you want things to look different and feel different, but at the same point, you need something to keep you grounded knowing that this is this only in the future. Yeah. God they forbid have... you film something in Times Square and have to like edit oh all of the ad space. <laughs> all of it. Yeah, right. They kind of had that sequence in this movie and wherever that little square was, because that's where the Fuji film giant thing yep. is. And I'm like, oh, yeah. they still use film in the future. Oh, that's good to know. It's nice. I mean, yep. I, I do as a hobby. Yeah. They use it for something other than... I'm, I'm, Film. Just, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and just call it uh I'm, I'm gonna coin it skylight street because sure. it was the brightest part of the street on mars and that's where the big fan was but that was still on earth apps. was that on earth yeah that was still, still, still on earth i'm, I'm, I'm oh. fast forwarding to mars where there's the the street on mars that has all the branding on all the buildings and everything else oh yeah keep, how dare you know, they keep the uh, movie grounded they they have autonomous cars they yeah. keep them driven by robot people but people still they still have a driver because you need to have a driver for a car right all the cars mm-hmm. are so narrow all the cars have wing doors and six tires we don't have those anymore they're not safe they're not convenient model x has wing doors oh really yeah mm-hmm. it has gold doors the suv Ugh. tesla <laughs> welcome to the future this was my favorite takeaway from watching at this time my favorite scene hands down uh was the poor escalator guy can we talk about him <laughs> oh the god me oh god so many bullets yes took about a clip maybe clip and a half of bullets just on his own and at that effect what kind of bullets are they shooting at him that they just surface damage it's only on his surface they don't go through he shoots somebody with one bullet goes straight through and hits like four people but they shoot they're shooting at him and there's like little blood splats on the guy's chest see i have a theory his biceps are so strong when he pulls that trigger it makes the bullets go Go faster Every time I watch it, I forget about that scene. Absolutely. Up the elevator, all of a sudden, this escalator, all of a sudden, just boom, meat shield. <laughs> this poor fucking guy. What a terrible way to die. <laughs> well, at least he didn't know what was going on. He was confused when he went down. Yeah. Is that a good way to die, though? Is yeah, it? Hey, what's up? Oh, I'm dead. I mean, if you're dead already, yeah, I guess if it's instantaneous. If it's you better feel than going. I mean, if those bullets weren't killing him, that's a really shitty way to he, die. <laughs> he looked like he was out after the first one or two, and the first one or two came pretty fast. Now, if he got hit once to the gut and had to sit there and deal with that, that that's sucks. Yeah, that's that a slow way to go. And also, if he didn't die, then it's not a good way to die because he's not dead. Yeah. And if he doesn't die, this is the way you get superpowers. Oh, He's yeah. going to be like Gunman yep. when yep. he comes out the other side. His body just expels bullets. All right, we don't have to like hold ourselves to things that we like anymore. Let's let right. we can include things that kind of make us go like the very beginning of like not even watching the movie, having to skip through ten minutes worth of trailers because you can't Dan, go to the, that is your Blu-ray. Blu-ray. Oh, it's not the movie. My Blu-ray started the movie right away, but I, w- I will agree with you because we had a conversation on the side about the opening intro. Oh. God, it, it is. It's, you, you had referenced um, uh, the black hole. The black, black hole. Disney's the black hole. I had another one while I was watching the remake. Actually, popped in my head. 
It was actually one that we're going to be doing later on, uh, Escape from New York. It's like, John. I love John Carpenter. I love that he does most of the music for his movies, if not all. But it's like he found a cool song or a cool theme on his keyboard. And he's like, that's it. That's going to be the opening. And then <laughs> I just remember re-watching it for the first time in many, many years, a couple months ago. And it's just fucking drill, God. <laughs> that is one of the longest damn openings of any movie I've seen. Uh, no, are you talking like, like the, the font and the all font. the yes. downs? Yeah, just the down, better down, better down, down. But it's epic, though. It gets you, like, pumped up. It doesn't but the matter. Mu- the music it's, doesn't keep that same energy exactly, going. Exactly. It's just like, yeah, I got pumped up. Now it's just. See, and and that's where that's where Escape from New York. I love that theme that gets me pumped up for that movie, and it does fade off into a nice way. This one, the theme is so strange with just like the the bleeding text and everything going on, and it takes so damn long to get in the movie that yeah, it's just Mars. I, I should have really should have <laughs> I just I, I should have recorded how long that opening theme is. It's long. It's not as long as the black hole, but it's long. Here you go, Dan. Uh, I believe the number you're searching for is two minutes and fifty two seconds. Just barely longer than the trailer. Just yes, barely just longer for the than the opening <laughs> text crawl. And damn it, that's a long fucking trailer still. <laughs> <laughs> Have nothing but music. Good lord. I don't know where to rank this on my Verhoeven. I love Starship Troopers opening. I love Robocop. I mean, Robocop, come on. Dun, 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 yeah. dun, right off the bat. <laughs> but this is just like, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's an okay theme. It's a decent theme, but it just. It why the whole damn thing? Why, why the whole damn thing? Had <laughs> I, just... I been old enough to see this movie in theaters, I might have gotten up and left. <laughs> that's pretty that's, strong. That is pretty strong. Everyone would have made fun of you in the I 90s. I wouldn't care. You didn't stay for the Arnie movie? What's wrong with you? <laughs> you missed three boobs. <laughs> that's what it would come down to. I'd wait for it to come out on VHS. Then you could pause those three boobs. Can't do that in the theater. No. <laughs> you just gotta commit it to your adolescent memory and hold on to it i think it's a grain so far in pop culture for this movie i think everybody knows so out of (laughs) the ladies in this movie the one lady that was like held up in regard the highest was actually i can't remember her name but she was the blonde who gets up on the bar and fires the machine gun at everybody in the little person yeah yes uh, she was like she went on all the talk shows after this and they're all like you're gonna be the someone to look up to and then after this movie uh you know she she didn't get such a big role was, was that w lee carrington aka thumbelina was she in anything else she, yes i mean let's just talk about the swing really quick from 1990 to 1992 1990 she got to talk down to men and hold a machine gun 1992 batman returns she is credited as emperor penguin number six. Oh, <laughs> yikes that's kind of a downturn I Way to go, bad. Hollywood. I feel really bad now. Should have looked that up. all your fault. It's, it's, it's like Googling Ducky from Land Before Time. Oh, don't do that. Yeah, that's a, that's no, 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 no. It's right. Rain it back in. Rain it back yeah. in. <laughs> so in this movie, I don't know if it's a bad thing. It's definitely not a good thing, but it's a thing. If you're a tertiary character or lower, you are a goon. Everyone's... <laughs> A goon. It doesn't matter if you're a good guy or a bad guy. You're just some dude with a mustache wearing a members-only jacket and jeans. And maybe you have a gun. All these people working the security in the subway at the big scanner. They're all goons. Joe, it's called the uniform. Oh, man. (laughs) It's why everyone's wearing the same thing. Arnold's friend is a goon. Yeah. And all of his friends are Are goons. goons. They all work in the same mine? Construction. 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 Drilling rocks 
yes. in the ground with a giant machine that's meant for doing big rocks like yeah, that. The but they vibrate. Kind of segueing off of that, just really quick. That was one of my negative impacts uh, for this. I, 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 I am going to compare this to the new remake from 2012. How dare because you? Because it did something better. It actually did something better. While I was watching this, well, no, no. While I was watching this, and they're sitting there jackhammering away, and all of a sudden, <laughs> freaking Arnold turns this off and just turns to his friend, "Hey, have you heard about Recall?" It's like, what the? F- who does this in the middle of the construction site, jackhammering? You're just going to shut your equipment off to talk about something quick, and then turn them back on and go back to work? Well, you're not going to have the jackhammer go. You can't hear yeah, but anything. Still, but still, it's such a weird. Can we way. talk about how there was no ear protection. Yeah, that's in, or that, anywhere. People in the, the future. People in the background had it. Yeah, Dan, this is the future. It's the future. They needed to be able to hear each other about recall. How else would he have been able to hear his friend's answer? But I, uh, but just getting back to 2012, it did what I wanted this movie to do, and I was shocked that was different because it, it actually made sense. In 2012, when they have the same conversation, they're in the locker room getting ready to go to work, and they're mm-hmm. in lockers next to each other talking about recall. That sounds like the perfect downtime to talk about things like this. Not in the middle of a construction site while running a jackhammer, shutting it off while the machinery is still going on around you and everything, just to shout over each other about this thing and then go back to work. Well, that way you can tell it's really weighing on his mind. He has to stop his work in order to be able to get this off his chest. In comparison's sake, I felt like this movie really did a good job of making it so that you could tell he really was kind of thinking about it nonstop and obsessed with it and driving him to go to recall. Whereas the remake, it was just kind of like, eh, he just, he went. He, for a reason. I mean, yeah, he wasn't enjoying his life. It's yeah, pretty obvious. Yeah, it wasn't obvious. like something it's was something weird, but yeah, yeah. It's, like this, he has something yearning in the back of his mind, like a little hidden voice, like basically like trying to pull him back. Which is really weird because the new movie is this dystopian future where yeah. it would be really nice to get away from this shit life. And in <laughs> in the old movie, he's got a pretty good life. He's got it pretty well going on, yet he still has that feeling in the back of his head like there's something wrong with his life. Mm-hmm. And you get because more of a feeling that is his that life you get in his dream. More of a feeling, is it a dream? Uh, that he wants to do this recall thing. It's not just this passing, eh, maybe I should do this. It could be uh, something fun to do for an afternoon. He's throwing 900 credits out the window right away. Come on, <laughs> in this economy? Jeez. And then putting 300 more credits? So he could be a spy. Yeah. What the hell else is What does Lori do for a living? She just practices playing tennis in the living room all day long. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. I do like that. And yeah. he runs a jackhammer. Yeah. How much is he getting paid to jackhammer? That's very true. At least in the new movie, he assembles robots and she is an EMT, I believe? Yes. Yeah, so oh, there's yeah. at least some story behind that other than just tennis all day. <laughs> there must be some universal basic income that they have. In the 1990 version, I always felt like the world was in these tight, small circles that they showed you, but that those tight, small circles don't have a lot going on for them. There's no real history to talk about outside of Cohagen and what he's doing but that's on mars not on earth so what's going on on earth uh, they're jackhammering stone <laughs> <laughs> what's going on on mars besides the the mines i don't know there's a biker on the subway that you know you get you get like flavors of things they have the nicest you know bordello district in all of mars there's these mutants okay well, they're here and there. They're little flavors, but there's that's it. You know, it's like yeah, you're putting yeah. your toes in the water, but you never really get to experience it. No, for sure. You definitely feel like there's a bigger world out there, and that just 
you never got time to see any of that on screen. I mean, there's so much interesting stuff. I mean, the, the explanation for the mutants of, you know, Cohagen being a cheap ass and erecting these shitty domes that didn't, you know, block all of the radiation, that's cool. I want to see more of that, hear more mm-hmm. about that, but you never will. You never will. You know, maybe this is the point. The whole point of the movie is we live in a society where corporations are going to take over. They're going to give us shit jobs. They're going to destroy all of culture. And all we have left to look forward to is the bordello on Mars. I think this is one of those things for Verhoeven films, like Robocop. It was Mm -hmm. so fucking tongue-in-cheek. It was just dripping. I mean, I love that movie for that reason. This one, I mean, when you really boil it down... It just kind of shows how much of consumeristic horrors we are and how we just don't give a shit about how we're treated because people are literally willing to go to a planet where the number one commodity is fucking air and a single guy controls it and they just put up with it. They don't give a shit. Yeah. I mean, there's some revolts going on, sure, but... They care, but what are they going to do? Exactly. What are they going to do? They're not willing to storm and take down one individual person. You have these little factions doing that. I mean, you have an entire civilization that's not willing to take one person out because they control everything that lets them live simply because it's just how we live our lives. The standards that we do are just our roles. I know why everyone's scared to do that, though. All the security detail on Mars have calculators on their wrists. Oh, shit. I didn't pick up on that. (laughs) What? Scientific calculators on their wrist. Oh, that's so good. And they didn't even bother to cover it up. They are just like, yep, here's some calculators on your wrist. It's one of those, it's not exactly a good thing. And in movies, sometimes it's fun to see stuff like that. So. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It doesn't bother me. It made me laugh and go, ah. I wish yeah, I was better the, at the, spotting the those things. crushed Cheetos that the, the Quades go through. Yes. Yes. That fight scene, there was at least three bowl, like giant bowls of Cheetos that just go everywhere. Mm-hmm. I love when you see something in a movie that they don't try to cover up, like John Carpenter's They Live. All security detail have PKE meters from Ghostbusters, and that's their walkie-talkie. Nice. They don't do anything to it. It's literally the PKE meter from Ghostbusters, but they whip them out and talk to them. <laughs> that's, oh, that's great. And in this, they have motion trackers, which are exactly motion trackers from Aliens. Like, yep. yes. almost to a T. Yes, yes. So, after saying that, Dan, do you have any more buzzkill uh, moments for you? The fight in the reactor. <laughs> At the very beginning of that entire scene, uh-huh. when Quaid's running through the reactor with his hologram, and <laughs> yeah, his hologram. hologram gets surrounded yes. by bad guys, All and of they the guns. shoot the hologram. Where do the bullets go? They absorbed by the hologram. Gotta be absorbed <laughs> by the hologram. I was hoping that all the guards would die, but apparently, apparently, up, apparently, uh, apparently, like yeah. such a they're still shooting yeah. sponges. Yeah, that would have been a great joke in the movie. Just to shoot have the hologram, they all fall over to everybody. It would, also, it would also be a really good way to deal with all of those guards because he doesn't kill all of those guards except for the part where he, he says, kills it's a, me. He kills a bunch <laughs> of guards. Bunch I think there's like eight of them, but there's like yeah. twenty in that scene. They're all the same guard. They all have wristwatches. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about wristwatches. They're, they're Wrist all calculators. Yes. They're all holograms shooting at a hologram. Oh, I see what you're saying. That would actually be. An annoying scene. Everyone's a hologram <laughs> shooting a hologram. Holy shit, yeah. Like a hall of so mirrors. Many, so <laughs> they get so upset bullets. about it, they just chuck all their holograms down. This sucks. Just shoot each other. This is the future I was promised. <laughs> that part of the movie also has the Michael Ironsides fight, which there's no physical way that he could fight Arnold. But he's so pissed, and you can see the rage in him, that you honestly believe that he could maybe actually get a couple lands in on Oh, Arnold. sure, yeah. yeah. He doesn't last long. No, they, he doesn't last thanks long. Thanks to the elevator, but... Yeah, yeah. 
but no, you can tell. Like, that everything's boiled up throughout the history of events in the last few days, months, whatever it's been. He's pissed. He's just a volcano of rage when he goes after mm-hmm. him. He portrays that pretty well. Michael Ironside did a great job with that. I, I consider his character to be uh, frivolous, but yeah, you're right. He does a really good job with having a frivolous character. But in the, in the end, I, I, is this Total Recall 1990 good? I still love it. I love everything about it. I keep finding new things every time I watch it, and that's one of my favorite kinds of movies, so... I'm the opposite. I'm I'm meh about it. I just... I, I remember renting it from the little video rental place on the north side of my hometown and being super excited about it because it's an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie and set in space, and it's, it's just... It, there's so much going on, and... I just, every time I have watched it since, it loses its luster to me. This this last watch, I I had a hard time focusing and watching the movie and just had it running in the background as I was doing other shit. It just doesn't do it for me anymore. For me, I think this, what keeps this movie going for me is nostalgia. Nostalgia is a big factor that keeps this going. I don't think if I watched it back in the 90s, I don't think I would like it as much as I do now. So I, I kind of understand what you're coming from. But I also... I enjoy the campiness. I enjoy the silliness. I enjoy campy movies. I do. Yeah. I just, this, for whatever reason, I just, I can't hang on to Total Recall like I do Princess Bride. Those are I two just, movies I mean, that totally, are really totally difficult to put off against they're really, each other. You can't, but like... That's not a fair fight. Yeah, I mean, Princess Bride is... is not that like, good. It, it's a... T- <laughs> <laughs> shut up. No, Recall Princess Bride better. is like a, it's like a textbook case in, in story narrative and flow and everything. Whereas this movie, like, my big gripe is is the cut from Earth to Mars. Like, it's just so abrupt and sudden. There's so many points in the movie where it's just kind of a, a hard cut to the next scene. So I, I can understand that and I can get behind that, but you know it's what? two completely different movies. If they spent too much time from him visiting Recall to going to Mars, you'd really be questioning where oh, no, the two no, no. weeks starts. Oh, no, I'm fine with that. It's 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 the cut itself. It's He's on Earth yep. and then it shows the spaceship in Mars. And the next thing you know, it's a screening with the two weeks while Michael Ironsides just happens to be walking by with his posse, like looking over his shoulder, like what's going on over there? There's a lot of convenience going on. There's so much mm-hmm. convenience and it's just dramatic fanfare and fight. Maybe that's, what like, what I, maybe that's what I don't like about it. Yeah. But if it's a two week trip into his mind, convenience would be a factor to cram all of Absolutely. this together. Absolutely. You'd true. have to that's true. Really, plus <laughs> you're in very contained bubbles on mars so you're gonna be closer to people it's gonna be a lot easier to force a convenient thing like that yeah i didn't even think of that you you really just nailed that home because i mean the remake yeah you got two cities essentially that are still existing but they're cities you can walk around do whatever the hell you want for the most part but i mean this is on mars in bubbles in little capsules so yeah there really probably wouldn't be multiple checkpoints there wouldn't be multiple places that he'd be coming in from it's freaking mars and it's early inhabitant i guess yeah yeah, that makes sense. I mean, look at the freaking corridors that the cars drive down. It looks like they're just <laughs> made for pedestrians, but somebody shoved a car and said, ah, good enough. It works. So they... Makes sense why the cars are smaller now. Yeah, yeah. But no, damn. I didn't think of that. I thoroughly enjoy this movie. Still, to this day, I, I laugh at it so much. It's so <laughs> campy, and it just fits all those needs I need. To... I won't say it's a, a good movie. It is a bad movie, but I certainly love bad movies i love watching these kind of campy trips as far as bad movies go this is probably tops this is probably the best bad movie and even as i'm saying bad it's a delight to look at they do such a good job at all of the scenes and keeping things together there are a couple of the 
things where they're splicing bits together that look really off. But for the most part, all the face things on the people and the planets in the sky of Mars, all the little things, they just look great. Effects-wise, I mean, I thought it really held up. Nothing really took me out of the movie outside of the two weeks part. Outside of that, I mean, the part where he's pulling the bug out of his nose, it actually looked great. It looked great. It hurts a lot. It looked like it hurt a hell of a lot. That part bothers me a little bit because I don't know if my nose is big enough to have such a big thing. It's far too big. But the first thing that popped in my head when I was watching that scene is Terminator. The original Terminator. We're sitting there, standing in the bathroom mirror, cutting his eye out. It, it, It looks fake by today's standards but i mean it this still looks, looks really good i like this yeah it's still you can definitely un- tell when they they flip over to a face mannequin yeah you can yeah, however yeah, it's still it unsettling good. to watch yep. the only part that took me out was the two weeks because that core that pops out with the ear Where'd it's like it go? three feet long yeah. where, the, where the hell is that thing <laughs> I, but yeah no it really did i can definitely get on your your case though joe it is definitely nostalgia and ken it is definitely a good bad movie i love it and if i had not seen it when i was younger i don't know if i'd want to just rush out and watch total recall now (laughs) i don't know how anybody who hasn't seen it and hasn't grown up with arnold would take it katie yeah she had never seen total recall she watched it with me earlier this week and she was bored I guess the thing that took me out of it the most was when Quato was talking. The the words did not match up with the voice, the mouth. Sometimes hey. they did. Occasionally they did. But he was so full of jelly on his face, and he was creamy yeah. and creepy, and had that eye, and it's just ah, regardless ah, how many gallons of petroleum jelly they bought for that that oh scene. My God. They just took a crowning baby. What are you talking about? The crowning baby <laughs> slapped him on the guy's belly. I don't care how much that scene holds up. I don't care how bad it is. That is one of my most used quotes throughout my entire life. So I'm so damn happy it exists. What? Quaid start the reactor. (laughs) (laughs) I've used that so many times for so many scenarios, for so many reasons in my life. I am so happy it was gifted to me. (laughs) So Get your ass to Mars is the one I use all the time. That's a good one, yes. Get your ass to Mars. uh, So let's... Take the big theoretical lever and give it a pull. And we are switching gears to 2012 and the reboot of Total Recall. How do you feel in general? If it didn't have the Total Recall title, it would have been way better. I've heard at least a dozen people that I've talked to throughout the years and even recently as this last week say the exact same thing. It's a good movie if you take the Total Recall name off of it. People expected way too much going into it. I was one of them. When it came out, I didn't want to watch it. My friend bought a copy on Blu-ray, and we decided to sit down and actually try it out. And sure enough, he he loved it as a movie, but not as a Total Recall, and I hated every minute of it. I Uh, saw it in theaters, and I don't remember... I don't remember the movie. I remember (laughs) all of the things going into the theater with the group of friends that I went to see, and after the theater. I don't remember sitting in the theater and enjoying myself at all. You passed out because it was that good. It was that boring. It was intense. <laughs> uh, I tried watching it again recently for this, and Joe, I hit the same point you did. You said you fell asleep watching it. I fell asleep watching it. The original's got humor. The original's got some decent grounded elements. It's got things other than just being so damn serious, and I feel like the 2012 remake, yeah, there's a couple goofy bits here and there that don't really lend their hand to comedy too well. The whole movie's just flat out fucking serious so everybody's just down everybody's just so fucking deadpan the entire movie i don't care about colin farrell's version of quaid because he's just staring off in the distance whereas arnold schwarzenegger looks like a bumbling puppy who has no idea what just happened it's it's a big change for me i've almost watched 
whole movie. I, I recently <laughs> tried to watch it. I kept on trying to watch it before bed and falling asleep, which is stupid. Yes. And people kept on telling me it's better if it's without the total recall name on there. But I was watching it and I thought they were trying to hit all the major peaks of the movie. Like, hey, this is the guy. He's going to go get his memory modified. Here's a thing what that happens. He's got two he's got two girls interested in him. He's got uh, automated cars and they tried to incorporate that thing. Even they had the women in the yellow dress saying two weeks and you're like, "Aha, that's not her." He's he's not her this time. Uh, get it. But ultimately, it's a lot It was lot. lacking three boobs. It had three boobs. I should have to watch it again. I don't She was delightfully did it, did it attractive. Same, and did it have the same exact quote? She rips it open. She's like, you're going to wish you had three hands. Yes. See, the quote actually came from Benny the first time round. That's Benny what it said, was, Benny. You make me wish I had three hands. That's what it was. And it was delivered by a goofy character. Whereas yeah. this time she rips it open and says the same exact line. And he just like kind of shakes his head and dismisses yeah. it off and walks away. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, so I'm going to have to go thing. back and you guys are making me want to watch twenty the 2012 version so I can see... <laughs> So where all no? So I mean, aside from the three boobs, <laughs> no, it's so at so about twenty-two minutes. Happened. Something happened to me when I watched it this time. The first time I watched it, I fucking hated it, and it erased from my memory entirely, almost like a total recall. Like somebody took the memory out of my fucking brain. But watching Hooray. it this time specifically, um, I, I liked it more. I still don't like it as a total recall movie, but I remember the same thing from when I saw it the first time. It's a slick sci-fi movie that looks good. As a movie, it delivers on being a decent film, but when comparing it to the original Total Recall, there's a lot of things that it just fucks up. They don't go to Mars, and I'm, assu- I'm assuming it's a budgeting issue why they decided not to do that, or I think the director had said he wanted to keep it more streamlined and focused, so he wanted to make sure that you know it was more political versus going to Mars and having all that subplot in. But for me, the biggest freaking sin, hands down, because of the reasons why I love the original film, they took out the entire fucking character of Richter. So instead of having Richter chasing Quaid and being that essential push constantly through the whole movie, you have Lori. What the fuck does Lori care? Like, Lori is just an implant, again, working for, quote, someone. The government. And the government, yeah, and for Cohagen. But it's her job to chase him around. But it's, it's, I really am going to have to go back and watch the 2012 version. <laughs> so, so they wipe away Richter. He doesn't exist. It's just Lori is in the exact same position as in the original film, watching over Quaid, making sure he doesn't relapse whatever but um when he does actually come to all she does is chase him through the whole movie and try to kill him and ultimately there's no drive behind that there's no like primal rage like michael ironsides had from being fucked over emotionally and, and ultimately this is my problem with the movie the first the original movie had so much heart it had so much yes there's yes. so many things going on and this new movie just seems to be a lot of running with mm-hmm. a little bit of plot interspersed with it no, for like sure. they took that they took the high points and then they decide to put a whole bunch of running along with it, which made it less interesting to me. There's I so still much running. enjoy I walk- it enough, but... And then when I walked into your place to start recording today, what do I see on the TV? They're fucking running. They're yeah, running. Still They're running. running. <laughs> they never shit. stopped running. I, I will say that the, the 2012 Total Recall had a much better intro. And I'm not just talking the fanfare music in the beginning and everything else. I'm talking about the intro. Had this really slick graphical interface for the Earth explaining everything that's happened and why things are the way they are before cutting into it. And then I chuckled as he woke up from his bad dream and drank a whole glass of water through sips repeatedly while while she's talking to him. And then literally the next shot is him standing out on his fucking balcony drinking a cup of coffee. It's like, dude, just 
drinks, drinks, drinks. <laughs> Got to stay hydrated. Yeah. Got to stay hydrated. He's been sleeping, sweating from all those nightmares. He's got to rehydrate. The one thing that I took away that was still a detractor and something I didn't catch in 2012 because it was pretty prevalent in 2012 in that time. I can't believe I'm saying this now in the past tense. But movies like Star Trek, the remake and things like that. Lens flares. Lens flares. shit. Every other yep. scene is just a whipping lens flare across the Thank you the very screen. much, J.J. Abrams. I know. You did this to us. But instead of being blue, they're like an orangish red every... Uh, oh, man. They're was, everywhere. I was laughing so hard. I'm like, he's sitting in bed and there's lens flares. Like, what is the point of <laughs> what? this? What, that, in, what in this dark room is that bright? <laughs> that movie lens flared so hard that I was watching a Netflix TV show and there's two characters just standing outside talking and there's a fucking lens flare on the screen. What's the going screen. on with that? What kind of drama are you adding here? <laughs> That's amazing. It's a very shiny movie. I will go back and watch it, and we'll sell it. Yeah. I will have I other kind of, notes maybe later. I kind of feel like it's just we'll a way to cover up bad scene. CGI. Although that, that can't be said about this movie, because visually it was super appealing. Ultimately, mm-hmm. it's just it's, dra- it's adding drama. It's what it's trying yeah. to do. Sure. I enjoyed the phrase, the fallen slaves us all, is such a slick slogan for a resistance group. I was like, yeah. And then they had like a safety guy falling. I'm like, come on, that's good stuff. The movie should have been more based around that. That theme should have been prevalent through the whole thing because that was the whole point. Cohagen was wanting to enslave the colonies, yeah. basically. But they focused on all the shoehorning in of Total Recall. And then that, I think, added a half hour of film to a movie that should have been shorter. And if I compare the two ends, I do enjoy the 1991 better. Because that one ends with Melina saying, it's like a dream. And then Doug's like, well, what if it is a dream? And it ends with, well, then kiss me before you wake up. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Great. Because then if he doesn't wake up, great. And if he does wake up, happy ending. Yeah. 2012 ends with him looking down at his scrumpus, whatever it's yeah. called. Yeah. And the weenus. Weenus, thank you. Uh, he had a tattoo put there, and then he wipes it. And, oh, there's no tattoo there. Yeah. And it just, it goes without them saying anything. But it also makes you think, why would they tattoo everyone permanently? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. It could be temporary, but it doesn't hit the same way because it leaves it all just kind of floating around ambiguously. And it's like, yeah, I I kind of, I I kind of groaned at that point. It's no Inception with a spinning top. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Because this came out two years after Inception. So I feel like it's their high horse. Like, oh shit, Inception did this. That's a great idea. Let's make people think at the end. Well, it doesn't work. No. Falls flat. I I don't remember it. We'll have to go back and watch the 2012 version. (laughs) Enjoy. I don't think I'm going to, but okay. (laughs) I also like the fact that in the 2012 version, uh, Coagan is like, all right, we're going to go kill everyone in the colonies because, because. Just because. And then everyone in the colonies is watching this on live TV going, oh no, they're going to come kill us. And then they all just sit there and wait until they load up the fall with all their troops it goes through the planet and it arrives. And as soon as it locks into the dock, then they all start screaming and running. What did you think was going to happen? That's a damn good point. Th- you should have gone to your bunkers by now. Yeah, because how long of a fall? How long of a trip was the fucking fall again? At least they put it in there. seven some minutes. Yeah. So what the fuck were they thinking? They're they just gonna sit around. Maybe they won't come and destroy. Oh my god, they did. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, Don't look at things too closely sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I enjoyed 2012 for what it is. It's a romp of a movie. I hate Wonka Vader portion. They could just 
lift that and throw it out and I wouldn't care. But overall, it as just a movie, totally cool with it. As a remake or a reboot or trying to tell the same story, it's okay. The original did it better. I don't mind the changes, changing Quato to Matthias and stuff like that. That doesn't bother me that much. And you lose your queen, start the reactor. <laughs> <laughs> We also lose. Get your ass to Mars. Yeah, yeah, we do, we do. Forget it. Fuck 2012. <laughs> Burn it to the ground. The table was flippable. It would, it would be flipped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for I, your I just, restraint. I don't know. I, I just, I find it interesting that everybody has the exact same opinion that we've talked to, at least. I mean, I, I, I doubt that this is going to be the same across the board, but. It's just interesting in the circles of people that we've personally talked to, the fact that everybody agrees that it's a great movie if you take Total Recall off of it. That says a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is about a dozen people that I've talked to that have all said that exact same thing without prompt, and it's kind of crazy. If you yeah. take the Total Recall out of there, you just have running. Well, he's still a spy <laughs> that forgot, you know, he was a spy. You know, Colin Farrell yeah. in On the Lamb. The director for the original is Paul Verhoeven. We talked about all the stuff he does. And if you don't know his movies, uh, at least Starship Troopers, Robocop, and the yes, like. I yes, mean, do yourself a favor. <laughs> yeah, go watch them. The director for the 2012 was Len Wiseman. And he's really only known for the Underworld movies. Oh no, that explains okay. And Live Free or Die Hard. Oh Jesus Christ, <laughs> no wonder this movie was the way it was. <laughs> The first Underworld is good. No, no the first Underworld no. is terrible because it's... it opens with vampires and werewolves hate each other and will never get along. Just cue the movie. I love this werewolf and I'm a vampire. You just ruined the premise you set up. Yeah, right. No, I'm, I'm, Sorry. I'm speaking more. I'm very opinionated. About I am speaking that. more I, so I'm to. I'm uh, sorry, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. I swear to God. I'm speaking the more so terrible. to live free or die hard. Damn. Is that the one where he flips a car into a helicopter? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And that's, just, yep. that's the one where he slides down a broken freeway away right from a what was it? An F twenty two. That was an F thirty. It was an F thirty five. F thirty five. Ah, that movie I'm had a lot of running to too. Use this. Did to he use this ground vehicle to oh, kill an air vehicle? Anyways, that is such a side trip. So it can explain a little bit of why 2012 is the way it is. That just took a whole lid off for me. Thank you for that. (laughs) I get it now. I get it. So that was Total Recall, Rewound and Rebooted. We've been out of the game for a few years and moved to YouTube for distribution, which makes getting back into the game a little bit difficult. So if you could like, comment, and subscribe... That helps the YouTube algorithm. If you could share this episode with others or your friends or your family or your enemies who also love 80s and 90s movies and reboots, that could help us get us back on our feet again and maybe podcasting in like regular podcasts. Who knows? I don't know. So come back in two weeks when we rewind and reboot again. In the meantime, have a good night or day whenever you're listening. Bye. 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 Bye.